and welcome to episode number 104 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we go over all the big bets, all the big happenings, all the big news in this crazy gambling industry of ours. A little bit of, lot of sports betting, a little bit of DFS, a little bit of poker, a little bit of everything that you can put money on. And Brett, we're going to talk some UFC. We're going to talk the return of some sports here. Golf recap, got another event coming up this weekend as well. We'll look at a couple of NFL things, but as always, guys, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate all that at the Lines US at PlayPix US on the Twitter machine. Brett, before we got going here, we were talking about I was a couple of minutes late to uh, getting this thing going, and you said, you know, you were just spending the time doing some flipping on MLB the show. And before I said, Hey, 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 let's save this for the podcast because there might be some people out there interested in this. And this actually leads us into another conversation um, here that's uh, going on, but I want you to explain what, what is, what is flipping cards on MLB the show? I need to understand that. I own the game. I have not flipped un card. I, I have not, not done this yet. So this is my first experience with MLB the show. I've never played it before, but you know, being quarantined, gives us a little more time to do things that we never would have had time to do before. So I bought the game and nor usually I'm like overwhelmed by the online versions of these games. It's all, it's like, it's, it's a lot to figure out what's going on, but I decided to dive into it and really, and I've been having so much fun with it. So basically in the online version of the show, you're collecting baseball cards that also make up your team. When you play online. So like go back to when you're like a, a kid, you're five, six, seven years old, you're collecting okay. baseball cards and you're playing actual games with these cards, you know, looking at the stats on the back, whatever. That's what you're doing here. You're like opening baseball packs. You can buy packs. You can earn like currency to buy packs. And then you open the cards and the players you get in the cards, you can use on your team when you play online. So you're like, you're building your team with these cards, but there's also like a marketplace where you can like sell cards, buy cards. You can flip them for more, for more currency and then use that to buy better players to build your team. It is so much fun, man. Like I started like, so I've been like just building, building a good team because I'm horrible at the game. Like if I didn't have this amazing team, you can't be worse than me. Like I, I tried to play one time online and just got absolutely destroyed. I nearly got no hit. I got a hit with two outs in the ninth to keep from getting no hit. And then I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like this is going to kill my ego way too much. So I just basically started a franchise on there and have just been going with that. So I haven't even done this, this whole thing that you're talking about, which actually sounds like that might be, that might be fun. Oh, it's so much fun. Where do you play? Who do you, who do you play with this team of yours? Because if you're if you're bad, aren't you just getting your ass kicked left and right? So what they do is they they match you up with people on on your level, which is which is great because I'm terrible. My level's bad, but my team is so good that I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I still win these games because I have I've just been flipping cards and and you know getting more currency and building my team up so that I'm playing against these awful teams and just winning because my players are like infinitely better. Ah, okay. Which All makes right, it so. a lot more fun. Like winning is fun. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm playing, I'm not playing fair. I'm definitely not playing fair. <laughs> and I've, I've actually put money into the game because I want to have a better right. team. So I'm playing against these kids, obviously who just, you know, they're trying, they're, they're, they're grinding 
to get a better team. I'm just buying better players and then just you know well, yeah. just trying to flip and, and, my and, way into a better team. Listen, we don't know how long quarantine is going to last. You had to fast track this. Like you don't, you didn't oh, know absolutely. how long you were going to have this extra time on your hands. I have no problem with this whatsoever. I think this is the correct strategy <laughs> to go about doing this. I mean, look, this is all sports adjacent. So, uh, you know, we're a sports podcast. There's going to be, I think it's probably worth mentioning that there's going to be the uh, new 2K21 PGA game coming out on August the 21st. And so, I know in our little private Slack chat, everybody was pretty excited about that. I had not really been into video games in over a decade, but quarantine, you know, leads you to do some weird things. I bought the PS4. I bought the show. I am absolutely horrible at it. I'm the worst in the world. But I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to the golf game a lot because that's one of those things where you can just kind of pick it up whenever you whenever you have some free time, play some holes, enjoy some some scenery, some scenery from some fake golf courses and stuff like that. Like I, I'm actually very look, very much looking forward to the golf game. Same. Yeah, there hasn't been a good golf game. I don't think since like 2014 when the Rory game came out from EA Sports. And I bought that. That was like the only video game I played for years. And I just, you know, like you said, just yeah. fired up, play a quick round and it's fun. Um, I'm so excited about this one. Is yeah, this one's getting purchased like the day it comes yeah, out. Like I'm sure. going like to have that one. Pre-order. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, there's no doubt about that. And uh, the reason I brought up the, the card thing as well, going to shoot a video with our very own Eric Ramsey that's going to go over on the PlayPix YouTube if you guys want to check that out. But Eric's been real big into memorabilia collecting and specifically uh, sports cards here over the last couple of years. And and Brett, there's been a major, major comeback. And I was pretty much unaware of this until, again, like quarantine, where I just had a lot more time to look at various things that are kind of sports adjacent. And what are people getting into now that sports aren't on, aren't on television? And it wasn't even that people were getting into this whole sports card thing because there wasn't real sports on television. I, I saw there's kind of been a renaissance here over the last like year to 18 months. And uh, it is it's pretty interesting. And, and Eric's been real into it. And I'm, we're going to we're going to shoot a video for the channel over there just to kind of explain what's going on with all this. Because, again, if you're a sports fan out there, nostalgia sets in for people kind of minding your age, certainly when we talk about this. And then also, apparently there's money to be made as well if you do it correctly. Yeah, man, I get it. I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm sitting here flipping virtual cards on on my laptop. So I, I totally understand the appeal of, of real cards. I didn't know it was coming back the way it is. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that video with you and Eric because I, I yeah, know he's, it, he's, he's super into it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He, you know, the the explanation not to let the cat out of the bag here and we'll have the full explanation here. But basically, I mean, there are some of these cards that the second they go on sale, people buy them, they go out of like the whole, the boxes get sold out within a matter of minutes. And then you will find the boxes on eBay or these resale sites and stuff for literally three, four, five X what the retail price was literally minutes before. And, and so it is a big, big business going on out there right now. And I think just fun for a lot of people as well, just to kind of dig back into that time in their childhood and whatnot. So we'll explore into all that. But man, I'll tell you, I bought my first box of cards, Brett, for the first time in 25 years. They got here yesterday. I'm going to save the majority of the packs. I'm going to open them on the on the video there with with Eric or whatever. I'm, but I don't think I'm going to be able to not open a few today. I was trying, I held out, I made it all of yesterday without opening any of these packs. It is a 
2020 set of tops baseball cards. So I'm basically looking just for, you know, the, the, the rookies that are coming into baseball this year and some of these other, you know, top players and whatnot. I guess they do these things called inserts or whatever, where they're mm-hmm. like special cards or something. But, um, I'm actually looking forward to, to popping my first pack of cards in 25 years. Are you going to get a binder and do it old school? Like a, a, a legit collection I cards. have been told you buy things called penny sleeves and top loaders. And these are all things that I had to Google and look up because again, Eric was using inside lingo for with, with all of this. And uh, this guy, I know penny sleeves and top loaders right. there, uh, Brett. Yeah. So we'll, we'll explain all that stuff in, in the video, but really interesting the way that that's going on right now out there. And if you guys even have the slightest bit of interest, it'll be something to tune into for sure. All right. So we had three. UFC events go down in the past eight days. They went off with, I guess you could say pretty much fairly without a hitch. We mentioned on the podcast last week that there was in the very first event, there was a fighter that tested positive in two of his cornermen for COVID. No more positive tests that have come out on the event that went down on Wednesday. The other event that went down on Saturday got pretty good ratings for everything that was going on as well. I'm wondering from your aspect, You know, listen, we talked about this a little bit in the midweek pod last week that you are kind of a fan at arm's length here. You watch the fights. You got interested in them a little bit more. Did that last? Did you tune in on Saturday? Because you could have tuned in on Saturday for free because the fights were on ESPN. I did not. I it wasn't snowing here for the first time in like a in like. I don't even know. It was like my first weekend of, of sun. So I took the opportunity to go outside and, and, and enjoy it. So I didn't I didn't watch many sports over the weekend. Uh, but, we, you know, we've been talking for weeks about the perfect storm of sporting events coming in the fall. This past weekend felt like the like the first very small taste of that with the UFC. Bundesliga starting NASCAR. Uh, we even got a little golf. Uh, it sounds like UFC was king again, according to what books were saying in Nevada and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I didn't watch uh, UFC, but it sounds like there was some drama in that uh, Harris Overeem fight uh, that the books certainly were happy with. What happened in that? I, I think I saw that there was almost a second round knockout and then Overeem came back and won. Uh, almost a first round, actually. First round. Um, wow. Yeah, it was uh, Harris caught Overeem pretty good had him really, really, really on the ropes. And, you know, to the referee's credit, he gave Overeem the time to recover. There was, of course, a couple of stoppages earlier in the week and uh, some of the other events where people were saying that maybe referees should have given a little bit further time for these guys to try to recover. And Overeem did recover and was able to come back. And really, Harris gassed towards the end of that first round. You could even hear again with with the no crowd. We talked about this before last week. One of the things we're getting with the no crowd is being able to hear things you don't normally hear. And a lot of times you can see these guys breathing hard, but you don't really hear it because again, there's, there's, there's a crowd noise and people screaming and all kinds of stuff going on. But without all of that, not only could you see Walt Harris breathing hard, you could hear it. I mean, it was like big, deep, heavy breaths. And so he started to gas a little bit. And then that certainly worked in Overeem's favor. Then Overeem was able to, uh, finished that thing in the second round and really, really actually kind of took it easy 
on on Harris could have done a lot more damage, but you know he he understands the situation that was going on there and basically was just looking for a uh, a situation for that to be uh for that thing man you can hear this is the joys of working at home guys uh the dogs going crazy in the background and stuff like that but um yeah it was one of those deals where you take a look here and it was i think it was a a good i think the referee did the right thing by allowing it to continue because uh, overeem has a ton of different uh has a ton of experience and needed that experience to to make it through the storm and he did and he came out on top all right, so here's my question. I know you've been betting UFC for a long time. How frustrating is it to bet this sport when the referee has so much control over when a fight ends? I mean, he can just end it when he's not supposed to, right? I mean, it's you're leaving a lot in the hands of, of a referee, and, and this is a good example where he could, probably could have ended the fight in the first round, right? And then Overeem comes back and wins. That, that's a tough beat for anybody with a Harris first-round knockout card or a ticket. Yeah, I mean, it was for me, it was I guess you could look at it as kind of a bad beat. I mean, I look, I look at it as kind of a bad beat on my end because there was a there was a situation where I had a overeem by (laughs) I had overeem by submission. And with Overeem by, I mean, he could have submitted Harris in the second round as well, and he didn't do it. And he just allowed it to kind of keep going. And so it was just, uh, you know, that was kind of a bad beat as well, I think, on my end. But at the end of the day, Overeem, uh, tons and tons of experience, tons of fight experience, tons of fight IQ in there and was able to weather the storm and and certainly get it done. Like you said, for according to the books, there's, there was a ton of action on that. Yeah, and, and uh, they needed Overeem, so that was obviously very good for them. When's the next UFC fight going to be? When, when are we going to get more MMA? Uh, we got one on, well, it's going to be on the 30th now. Um, the, the 30th is apparently in, apparently on the books and they just don't have a place for it yet. They're trying to get it done in Nevada, but you know, technically we're still here right now, as of taping this again on Tuesday, you know, things could change by the time you listen to this, but we're still kind of in that phase one right now, you know, that these different, uh, that these different things are, these different states are going about it. So we're still in phase one, which doesn't include live sporting events. Now they still have a couple of weeks to get that done. The numbers here haven't been crazy when it comes to, uh, you know, new cases and things and hospitalizations and all of that. So a lot of influence by the UFC here in town. So will they be able to get it done by the 30th? If, uh, if not, he said the backup plan is to go ahead and get that done in Arizona. So one way or another, it looks like we will have a UFC event on the 30th of May. How would you, how are we grading Dana White's execution on these fights so far? Cause he took a risk and you know, some were skeptical, uh, some were thrilled about it. How, how are you feeling? Uh, look, it's uh, l- let me let me throw whether I thought they should rush back into this or not to the side, because wh- my personal feelings about that it doesn't really matter. That ship has sailed. But as far as execution so far, no fans. They, uh, you know, I guess one of the things here is they did put out a, a list of things that they were going to do and protocols that they didn't follow. Um, they were supposed to not to be like like the up close face to face post fight interviews, but they're doing that anyway. Obviously there's all kinds of fist bumping and all, you know, all the different things like that. And look, these guys have been tested multiple times throughout the week. So everybody knows 
the situation here that all everybody's clean. I think it's just from a perception standpoint, right? Like, do you want it out there? You know, everyone fist bumping and high fiving and all the different things like that. I mean, those are the things where I just think from a perception standpoint that maybe they'll continue to deal with a little bit of backlash, but all in all, I think the events went down well. I think everything has turned out to be okay here. But again, we are talking about, and this, you know, when we compare this to these other sports, Brett, and this is something that I think people need to understand. We're talking about a fight card that's got 24 fighters on it, right? One NFL team has 53 players plus, you know, everything else that's going on there. And all like it, it, people say, oh, look, the UFC, they got it done. And let's, let's get other sports going here. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's different, right? You're, you're literally talking about 24 guys on a fight card that is that lasts one night and then it goes on so you can test them up to the fight night you can do whatever and all stuff like that and once they fight it's over you're talking about an NFL team with not only that 53 different players and it happens every single week it's not like a one and done like a UFC event so I mean I think people just need to understand that when we start talking about getting sports quote-unquote back to normal that a UFC card is just completely different night and day from putting on an NFL season. Yeah, and it's even more tricky for the NBA and baseball and hockey. They play every two, three nights. And if you want to get into the playoffs, I mean, you're going to have to be playing, you know, every other day probably to get these NBA and NHL seasons done. So, yeah, it's it's a completely different situation. You can't make the comparison to the UFC. And I, I, I'm pretty happy with the way they've gotten this done. Uh, I love the no fans. Uh, it's a completely new and unique way to view a pro sport. I'm curious what other what other sports are going to be like. You can actually hear what's going on on the field, players chatting, you know, talking talking shit. Like <laughs> I would love that for the NFL. So um, I I've definitely I've enjoyed that part of it uh, as well. But uh, yeah, kudos to the UFC for for getting kind of getting the ball rolling here, and now we're starting to see some other sports follow. Yeah, Bundesliga and NASCAR returned, as you said. NASCAR actually got really good ratings. Uh, no surprise. I mean, again, only only thing on television. So they were they were getting some some good ratings. Ratings they have desperately needed. You know, NASCAR has been hurting for quite some time, and so this could be a real opportunity for them as well. And then you mentioned golf. Uh, the TaylorMade Driving Relief came back. If you guys didn't catch that over on the lines or our podcast last week, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson took on Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler. It really actually turned out to be kind of like a one versus one and a half, Brett. It was like Ricky (laughs) Fowler versus Rory and half a DJ. I mean, like Wolf did not uh, contribute at all to Ricky, to to their team. I mean, he won the long drive, but that didn't, that didn't actually contribute to them uh, winning the event or whatever. That was just side money or something like that. But Ricky Fowler goes out and makes seven different birdies. I mean, really does just carry the entire team there on, on his shoulders, but came down to a playoff format of closest to the hole on a, just a one single shot closest to the hole. Roy McElroy puts it the closest. And with that, they win the competition. Yeah. I, um, man, I come on. You got opinions. You watched. I actually didn't. If if I, if the weather wasn't wasn't so nice here over the weekend, I I would have watched all this stuff. But I was just so happy to get outside. But I did watch some highlights. Uh, the w- one thing I did see was, and I think you had money on this, was the Matt Wolf longest drive. Yeah, that was unbelievable. 
He nearly drove the green on a 410-yard par four. It was uh, one of uh, Pat Mayo on the podcast last week as well, if you were listening, one of his uh, pieces of advice as well. Because, listen, yes, Rory and DJ are quote-unquote longer than Wolf, but literally only by like a couple of yards, right? Like whenever you look at the driving distance on tour and stuff like that. And basically you're talking about him just having to kind of nut up. And we don't know really and truly how far he could hit the ball. Because again, like it's one of those things where, yeah, he's, he, he's a couple of yards shorter than these guys on tour, but he's trying to also hit it in the fairway. Right. This was this like the long drive part of it. Like it didn't have to even land on the fairway for it to be counted as the long drive. Wolf was plus three thirty at DraftKings for the longest drives on That's these insane. holes, and so yeah, it was it was you know basically what what uh, Pat Mayo said, and I thought it was a good piece of advice. He said, "Listen, just bet him as the longest drive on all four of these holes where they are making this available to you." If he if he's longest on one of the four, you're only losing a little bit of money. And if he gets two of the four, then you are then you're making money. And hell, if he gets if he gets three or even sweeps, you're making a ton of money. I, I did that exactly. Made some money on Wolf with the long drive there. So it didn't even matter that I had Ricky and Wolf for the overall competition. Ah, and so close, man. And that's the thing, right, is is and I think that's something and we'll you know, we're going to talk about the match here in just a second. But I think this is something to really carry over here that it is guys going out there playing one round of golf. Ricky Fowler was on fire, Brett. I mean, the dude was just on fire and he is a top level pro golfer. And that's the thing that you got to understand here in these deals is just like, you know, and I, I. Per, me personally, I I hope these don't go away. I think there's a I think there's a spot for something like this. You know, let's call it let, let's call it once or twice a year. You know, like I think there's a spot for something like this. Look, my favorite event of the entire year, outside of like the Masters and some of the other majors, is the match play event. I love that format. So yeah, give me some of these just like offshoot you know, f- you know, two on two, even one on one. I, I want to see more of these because I love the format. It creates such a different way of attacking a golf course that you just never see on the PGA tour. So I'm all about it, man. They, they, I didn't watch on, on Sunday. It was Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't watch on Sunday because I have other stuff going on, but I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to watch. I am. I am going to watch the match this weekend for sure. And um, I, yeah, I hope there are more to follow. So we do have the match version two that is going to be going on this weekend. If you are looking to bet this over at DraftKings, you are going to have to lay some wood if you want the Tiger Woods side. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, minus 225 over Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, who come in at plus 180. But again, here we go again. If you want to play, uh, if you want to play Woods and Manning, maybe take a look over at FanDuel where they're only at 205 over there. So maybe that's a way that you want to uh, go about this. But you know, Brett, when I take a look at, at this, I think it is really one of those. I think it's one of those scenarios where you just kind of look at it and you say, one round, good golfers. I, I, I'm going to bet the dog, man. I, 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 if you give me plus one. If you give me plus 184, which is what I'm getting on Mickelson and Brady right now over at FanDuel, I would bet 
plus 184 on them every single time, every single week. And I think I would end up making money because you go out and it's and and they're going to win enough times for you to make money. Absolutely. Embrace the variance on this. I'm actually I'm surprised that the the split I'm looking at DraftKings uh, handle and, and percentage of bets splits right now. And they're pretty close on both sides. I would have thought more money would be coming in on the Tiger Woods side, given the price and, and you know, how, how big of favorites there. I thought the money would be driving that up, but really it hasn't. I mean, it's, it's pretty even so far. So I, yeah, I just, I think this is way too high for Mickelson, a guy who can, who's just so good around the greens and just, he just gets it done when he needs to. So, I mean, I, I, I liked what Pat Mayo said last week. I, he's he's, he's going to be a good cleanup guy for, for Tom Brady on, on a lot of these holes. And I, I just, I think this should be way more even than it is here uh, at, at the books. Yeah, I, I will be betting the dogs in these type of competitions really more times than if you're getting prices like this, right? I mean, if it was, I can't say I'm going to bet the dog every single time because you might be getting, right. you know, you might, the, the odds might be way, way, way closer. But, if you're talking like two to one favorite, I'm always going to be betting the dog in something like this because, I mean, look, we've seen Phil go out and and just dominate courses before. And when you look at, at Brady and Manning and they are fairly even when it comes to their handicaps. And then also the format gets a little funky on those final holes where we're talking about they're going to alternate shots and things like that. So, I mean, it, it gets weird even on that side of, uh, of things. So for me. Dog is the way to go here. Dog is how I've already bet this. I will probably continue to look to bet this as the uh, from a dog standpoint as well. And I think that's probably the best way to go about these type of competitions. So, uh, of course, we'll have stuff over at the lines as well. And you can go back and listen to the podcast last week where we talked to uh, skip ahead to the Pat Mayo interview. We talk a little bit about the the match as well in that thing. Well, Brett, we're talking about NFL here on the pod. It's never too late, never too early to talk about the NFL. We've talked about some bets that we've already got in our accounts, which is a little odd for me, but certainly something that I, I felt like I'm getting a little bit of value. So I'm going to do, I'm writing an article uh, right now, not even sure where it's going to, where it's going to show up, but I'm going to do kind of five way too early NFL sports betting predictions for, for 2020 here. So kind of things that I'm I'm looking at and l- kind of reading the buzz online, reading how these odds are are looking and moving and stuff and s- things that I think are going to be something to look for here in 2020. But points bet went kind of above and beyond here as far as the NFL goes uh, as we sit here on May the 19th. Yeah, so usually CG technology in Nevada is the first to post spreads for every game for the first 16 weeks of the year, which is awesome. We, we, I look forward to it every year. Uh, I was told they will not be doing it this year due to the, te- due to the pandemic. So points bet stepped up to the plate and set also lines. to mention they got bought out as well. So like there's, there's yeah, right. like, you it's know, a little, yeah, it's different over there. Yeah. Little, little different stuff. They're going to be transitioning to, uh, they're going to be transitioning to William Hill. And so, um, yeah, I imagine that probably has a little bit to do with it as well. For sure. Um, but yeah, points bet uh, posted lines for every game, first 16 weeks of the season. And it, it it's a lot of fun to pick through every game and get a feel for how odds makers are capping teams and adjusting for 
especially this year, adjusting for the possibilities that fans won't be in attendance. Like how much will home field advantage really matter? And we're seeing quite a bit of discrepancy looking at what PointsBet has and what DraftKings and FanDuel and other books have for their select games. They haven't posted every game yet, but they have some of like the, the games of the year and the Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, the, the, the Island games. So I've been looking through and it's, it's fascinating to see the differences in some of these spreads. And we can start with some of the key matchups on the schedule this year. I look through, uh, I've got five here that really stood out to me. We got Chiefs at Ravens, arguably the two best teams in the NFL. They play in week three. You've got the Ravens minus one at points, but plus two and a half at DraftKings. That is wild to me. Interesting. And that is actually at, at points, but that's the only game Kansas City is not favored in. Yeah, I can believe that. I, I, I can actually believe that heading into the season. I see one of the other interesting ones here that you have 49ers on the road at the Saints with a full point differential in that one as well. Saints one and a half at points, bet two and a half over at DraftKings. Yeah, what do you think about that? Your boys. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> you know me. If you listen to this podcast last year, I was not very high on that 49ers team basically all season long, and all they did was go out and prove me wrong basically every single week uh, throughout the course of the season. I do think towards the end there, they got a little bit better, cut Jimmy G loose a little bit more, should have more offensive firepower this year, should be a little bit better on offense, you would think. Uh, I think one of the things we forget about Jimmy G as well, Brett, is the fact that the guy hasn't played all that much football as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, like, I think last season can go a, a, a long way for someone like him. I mean, I think it's just because his name has been around for so long, but we just we don't really realize the dude hadn't played that much football. Yeah, and he hasn't been all that good either. And it, it, the, the number here is, is interesting, too, because normally I would think you would just hang the three, right? If if you you see these teams as even. I mean, DraftKings has it at minus two and a half, but how much are they weighing the, the possibility there's going to be no fans? Because the home field advantage in New Orleans is massive. So, I mean, how, what, yeah. like what, like I just, it's, it's just so fascinating this year to see how these books are opening these lines. Um, and obviously we'll you see how You look at something we'll like this too, and you like, you look at something like this too, and you see that two and a half and you almost just, I, and I have no idea if, uh, I have no idea if they're even allowing teasers or not, but you're just kind of like, okay, blindly tease the 49ers to eight and a half, right? Yeah. It's like, just like blindly tease them to eight and a half. It, 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 because I mean, so much can happen between now and then, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I guess they could be exponentially worse than we think. I guess they could, but they could also be way better than we think as well. And if you're, if you're catching eight and a half on the road at the saints, uh, I think that I think you feel pretty good rolling into that game with with eight and a half in your pocket. If you know, again, if both teams are healthy, points but seems to love the 49ers minus one at Dallas. I found that to be pretty interesting. I thought for sure that would be a pick, maybe even Cowboys minus one since everybody seems to be behind the Cowboys, but they've got the Niners favored at Dallas. Then we got that Christmas Day game. Vikings going to be at the Saints on Christmas Day. You have to figure if things play out like we're 
you know, like we think, Brett, as far as, you know, preseason win totals and things like that and how good we think teams are going to be with power rankings and whatnot, that that's going to be a massive game in the NFC come Christmas Day. And we look here, Saints, nearly a touchdown favorite at points, about six and a half over this Vikings team. Might we have fans by then, too? Could There's just be. so many different variables here. Like, how do you cap these games right now? It's so difficult. But yeah, six. I feel like this should, this should just be seven. The Saints did so. I they didn't. The Saints didn't have to do anything really during the offseason, but they actually improved. They added some depth. I love this team this year. So I feel like this should be just just hang the seven. Talk to me about your uh, talk to me about your bills before we move on to some of these massive spreads here. Patriots on the road at the Bills, and you are looking. <laughs> You are looking at your Bills playing the New England Patriots, and there is a minus next to the number next to the Bills. I, it's, it doesn't feel real yet that this is like Bills <laughs> favored against the Patriots. I can't remember the last time that happened when. I mean, I, there, I think we might have been favored one year when Brady was out, but that was it. Like it has it's been out such a long time. So a little scary. But at the same time, I feel like it's deserved. I mean, I think the you know the Bills deserve to be in the playoffs last year. And the Patriots, this roster is a nightmare. And how much can Belichick do to carry these scrubs? I just I don't see it. So I think the I think the even even I think one and a half is low at points bet. Two and a half. In fact, again, I don't know how to measure the lack of fans. I mean. Again, home field is huge in Buffalo as well. So if there's no fans, Patriots at Bills, maybe one and a half is correct. Weather not a factor because they're used to that in New England as well. So it's not like a team that, yeah, it's not like a team that's that's going from a a dome or something or from a a warm weather climate to to Buffalo. So those are things we kind of look at as well. But don't have to worry about that with the Patriots either. You know, Brett, maybe they are going to go into this season with the quarterbacks that they have. But I mean, I, it's I think you're you're also maybe looking at that point. Maybe the Patriots are tanking, right? I mean, th- this this is a very shrewd, smart franchise. If they come out of the gate and struggle a little bit. I, it would not surprise me at all to see them just go ahead and pack it in and go for one of these top two quarterbacks are going to be coming out next year. They should. It's it's hard. I can't, I can't I can't get around the idea that Belichick will lose on purpose. I just I don't think he, I don't think he's built that way. But at the same time, he's just he's so progressive in the way he operates that maybe maybe he will. I I I'm not sure. I don't know. It would be it's going to be fun to see. That's one of the storylines that I'm actually taking a look at this year is is how the how is how are the Patriots actually going to approach this, knowing that they're going into this season with a big talent deficit. Makes me feel like you'd want to reload, but we we shall see. Largest spreads. These might jump out at you. Jags at Ravens, 18. Bengals at Ravens, 16 and a half. Panthers at the Chiefs, 16. Redskins at the 49ers, 15 and a half. And then the Panthers at the Saints, 13 and a half. Look, the Panthers looking like they're going to be one of the worst teams, definitely from a defensive standpoint. Now, they got weapons on offense. There's no doubt about that. Added Robbie Anderson as well. Uh, definitely a team that is going to to have some weapons on offense, but the defense looks to be historically bad. So you're, that's why you're seeing a big spread like that. We don't have to explain to you why the Redskins would be a massive favorite on the road 
at the 49ers. Redskins struggling really badly there. I think people might look and see the Jags 18-point dogs at the Ravens and maybe scratch their heads a That's little bit so here. so many points. That is a lot of points. Now, look, <laughs> the Jags are projected to be the worst team in the NFL. But, but, Brett, I mean, seriously, 18 points. It's like, I don't know, man. I, do, you, do you just kind of close your eyes and hold your nose and just – automatically take 18 points. I feel like that's the right play. What was that line that the Dolphins played the Ravens in week? Was that week one last year when that was a huge, maybe it was week two, that huge spread. I don't even think it's that it was that big. And the Dolphins were like where they were being talked about as a historically bad team last year. So the Jags, the Jags at 18 feels really high. Uh, Man. Yeah, Bengals on the road at the Ravens too. 16 and a half. I understand the Bengals are going to be bad, but I don't, it would not shock me if they lose games, but they lose games by putting up some points. Like I, this offense, when yeah. you actually look at it, right? If Burrow is is anything that we think he's going to be, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. I mean, like there is there is a lot of, of, of talent on this offense. If they can scheme protection for Burrow, give him some time to operate, I think they'll be okay. But yeah, you could just get the ball in the hands of Mixon. I mean, that he's you that got the burner are, and Ross as well for like yeah, the five yeah. weeks that he's going to be healthy for the season. You know, I mean, obviously, like he, he probably only play five to seven games because he always has a hamstring injuries. But, you know, at least in those five to seven weeks, you've got the the four two guy out there as well. I think they should have done more to, to protect Burrow. I think they're going to have issues there, but. If they can somehow get this kid some time to throw the football, I think they're going to be fine. So see, again, yeah, 16 and a half feels too high there. Uh, guys, as always, we say this every single week, but again, we're going to just continue to beat you over the head with this. Look around, though. I mean, like these, these, some of these lines, as, as we're pointing out here and talking about, I mean, differ greatly. And so if you have a strong feeling kind of one way or the other, you, one, you could find a drastically better line at one of the other books. Or if you want to go ahead and just start kind of, trying for some middle opportunities out there. It looks like there's going to be some available as these lines start to maneuver a little bit and shape as people, you know, get some money down and whatnot. And they're all not going to be betting these numbers at, at, at all at the books at the same time. So we're liable to see one book kind of move one way while another book might move another way and might present some opportunities for the savvy better out there, which is why we always preach. And again, head over the lines. If you want to do it, all the best sign up bonuses, but, to have multiple accounts, especially in these markets like a Jersey, a Pennsylvania, a Colorado, an Indiana, where you're able to do that, uh, having having multiple options here to go at this is is definitely the way to go. Yeah, so we have an article up at the lines right now that compares uh, points bets all 16 weeks versus what DraftKings and FanDuel has for a lot of the games. And there is a lot of discrepancy. And it really, again, it, it's it's... It it's why you need to go out and if you I mean if you're okay with locking some money up for a few months it's a, it's a really good time to buy just just a few examples here that I found week three Bengals at Eagles Eagles minus twelve at points bet minus seven and a half at DraftKings and that's you know you're not going through any major key numbers there but that's still four and a half to five points of a middle if you want to do that but even still like. Eagles minus 12. If you, if you like the Bengals at plus 12, you, I right. mean, that feels like a good price. Same week, Niners at Giants, Niners minus seven and a half at points bet, minus five and a half at DraftKings, two points through a key number. Week four, 
New England at KC, huge matchup. KC minus eight at points bet, minus six and a half at DraftKings through a key number. Week seven, KC at Denver. This one I love. KC minus seven and a half at points bet, minus four and a half at DraftKings. That's three points through a key number. So there are opportunities like these throughout the entire schedule to not only middle if you want to, which means bet both sides. And if it lands in the middle, you win both bets. But you can find numbers that you're not going to be able to get later in the year. Right. So there, there are lower limits on these games right now. But still, if, if you don't mind locking your money up for a few months, it's a good time to go out and do some line shopping ahead of the NFL season. You know, we always talk about, too, one of the things that I'll, I'll before we get out of here to kind of to point out with something like that, just a little bit, little bit of advice on my end. You look at a team like the Saints last year, and you look at these, and you say, like, yeah, but, you know, what if a quarterback goes down or something like that? If, if you have faith in the backup for some of these teams, maybe it would be, you know, if you feel like these lines could be drastically different down the line, that would be where you'd want to go ahead and take advantage of stuff like that. I mean, everybody knew the situation the Saints were in last year. You had Teddy Bridgewater as a backup who could have gone to be a starter, chose to stay, made a lot of money to be a backup. Now he's a starter, obviously, over in Carolina. But if you understand some of these backup situations as well, like a Dallas that's going to have Andy Dalton as backup. I mean, that is like huge. Andy Dalton is, you know, a multiple year starter in the NFL and he's going to go in and he's going to be a backup. And so you kind of look at these, these situations again, same with the saints. You have Jameis Winston, who's going to be backing up Drew Brees. And so these, these talented teams, yes, there's a drop off from the starter to the backup, but these numbers, you're not going to be able to get these numbers like we're talking about, Brett. You know, some of these numbers, if Jameis Winston's under center or if, if Andy Dalton's under center, you're not going to get the same number on the Cowboys and you're, going to, you're not going to get the same number on the Saints, but you would be holding that number in your pocket right now if you were to go ahead and bet it. So just kind of those type situations where it's not going to be as big of a drop off as it would be for some of these other teams. Yeah. A lot of things to, to think about. And it's, it's a fun exercise to go through all of these games and, and, you know, kind of identify some potential spots, even if you don't want to bet it just to see how the lines move and use it as a, a learning opportunity uh, to see how, you know, how books cap games right away and see how the market kind of shifts things as you, as you get closer to the season. Absolutely, guys. As always, over at thelines.com, all of your betting resource needs over there, everything that you can bet on, some sort of preview, and as well, the best sign-up bonuses you're going to find anywhere. We do have the big Tiger versus Phil match this week. Hopefully, you'll make some bets there, and hopefully, uh, those will get home for you. Again, at DraftKings is uh, 225, Woods and Manning, 180 on Mickelson and Brady. At FanDuel, you're going to get some better odds than that. Brady and Man, uh, uh, Woods and Manning minus 205 Mickelson and Brady coming in at plus 184. So actually uh, much better numbers over there at FanDuel if you want to bet that thing. So be sure and take a look at uh, the price shopping for that as well. Brett, I am very much looking forward to this. I got to admit more than anything, I want to see how Tiger looks. We know he was in bad form. He was battling some injuries there. I think this time off did not help maybe a single golfer in all the PGA more than Tiger Woods for him to get some rest. He didn't miss any key tournaments. He's still going to be able to come back and, and play in all these tournaments. And I think anyone uh, anyone in the right mind would think that a guy that's been ailing, getting uh, eight weeks, ten weeks off, has got to be working in his favor. I I hope he's okay. If he gets injured 
this week trying to hit a shot that he normally wouldn't try to hit, I'm going to be really pissed off because <laughs> I want Tiger back, man. I want Tiger back on the tour. I want Tiger playing the Masters. I, we need Tiger when it when it counts. Like, the, yeah, this is going to be fun this weekend, but just let's just make sure he gets through it. Okay, that that's all I'm really hoping for. We'll all be watching, guys. Good luck on all of your bets at the Lines US on Twitter, at PlayPix US on Twitter, and of course, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. For all of your uh, subscribe, subscribe rate and review needs over there. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>